So when people marvel like, oh, Kim, your business is so amazingly consistent in a consulting business where it's feast or famine for most people, I say it's not magic. It's science. It's a math problem. All business is a math problem. And it's really a game that I play with myself that I know how to win. Welcome to the Alloy Personal Training Business Podcast, where we'll share our insights on how to make more money, how to help more people, and how to be a better leader for your business and your community. We've been in this game since 1992, and we'll share our successes and failures along the way. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. Kim Daly, what's happening? What's happening, Rick Mayo? I am so excited <laughs> to be your guest today. Likewise, I think I've been I've been bugging you for like six months, and of course, you're on this like podcast tour and your keynote speaking. And ladies and gentlemen, it's so hard. Busy. I'm so, so busy. It's so hard to nail down the 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 much in demand, world famous Kim Daly. But hey, let me on that note before we get started, I do want to brag about you a little bit, just so that people understand who they're hearing from today. So, and I'm, I'm going to rattle off some facts and figures, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I'm right. So, you've been a franchise consultant for over 20 years, yes? Yes, because I started when I was nine. Well, exactly. Shocking. I also started my fitness business when I was 12, which is how I can be in business for 32 years. So, there's that. Um, but, and I think this is something that you don't talk a lot about, but I always describe you as um, the number one consultant and what I consider the number one consultant organization. And that's really hard to do. I mean, if you're the best of the best, that says something about you. So, and that, that's honestly who you are. I mean, that, that's, that's the position that you sit in. So if you want to hear from anyone that knows anything about franchising, there could not be a better resource than, than you, Kim. So I'm really appreciate you being here for that. Um, you're obviously a published author as well. Uh, what's the name of the book you co-wrote? Uh, Franchising Freedom. Yep. So franchising freedom, you're a mindset coach, you coach franchisees and, and basically it's, I, I consider it entrepreneurship in a lot of ways or entrepreneurship that you coach with them. Um, you have the daily plan, which is your coaching and training mechanism for that. You've got a background in fitness and wellness, which is interesting. <laughs> Always, I think it's really cool that you started out in this industry and you ended up doing what you're doing. And then lastly, you've got great, uh, great content that you put out on YouTube through Kim Daily TV. So I'm going to post a lot of these links, you guys. You can certainly follow Kim. I suggest it, especially if you're in franchising or if you're a franchisee. Um, you know, a lot of times you're like, why would I follow a franchise consultant for my franchisee? But a lot of your content, Kim, is in relationship to being a successful entrepreneur. And it's there's a skill set to that. You know, we always say, look, I can I can teach how to run an alloy, which is obviously our franchise, but there's a skill set that just goes with any entrepreneur and you know undertaking. So it, I could teach you how to run an alley, but there's also a skill set to just being an entrepreneur. Would you agree? Totally. Well, my whole spiel with everybody, Rick, is I'm a franchisee. So I'm not some expert talking at all of you like, hey, from my high and mighty throne. I'm like in the trenches with you as your peer. Like I live the life that you live every single day. And so when I share my story with people that I was eight years an average performing consultant, and then one year later, back in 2011, made history in my industry, like I did more than three and a half times more revenue in one year. So I was the same me. Franchise was the same process, but I created two very different realities. So what the heck did I do? 
So in leading all of my candidates, that's my story. When we're talking about back-end coaching and how to be successful, I lead from my own example of like, let's let's talk about what I wasn't doing for the first eight years and what I have been doing for the last 13 years that made me a history maker. And then one who's been incrementally growing that over and over and over to all new heights, right? So it's that's that's where I'm coming from. No, I love it. And I mean, look, it's, I think the personal story, the backstory is very important. You know, obviously, again, as a franchise consultant, you are in this structure of franchisee, if you will. And your personal story brings a lot of, um, you know, again, legitimacy to your advice, right? Because you have to live it yourself and you've been through it and you've been through those transitions. And what is that mindset change and flip, which makes a perfect segue, by the way, into my main question is in your terms and your description, what is it that makes a great franchisee? Wait a minute. Where's my did you know? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I think when I'm on there, I'm going to have the best did you know. Now, my best, my did you know is not that great, but you cannot chip me out of this. All right. You know what? (laughs) You're right. I'm running and gunning. I forgot your did you know, but I'm going to let you do that, and I'm going to do a dad joke. So you could you could do your did you know. Right now, it's all bets are off because we're like, hey, what are we doing this year? Are we doing dad jokes or are we doing did you knows? So go ahead. I, I asked you early, and you said, I want to do a did you know. So go for it. Well, I want to do a did you know, but I, I definitely wanted something fun about Harleys because I'm obsessed with motorcycles. I know you love motorcycles, but I couldn't really find anything good. So like it's re- it's almost Thanksgiving at the time we're recording this. So I thought, well... You know, let's talk about. So, did you? You probably know this, but did you know? I have two of them. Did you know that the average American consumes twenty five hundred to forty five hundred calories in one meal? That's the equivalent of eight Big Macs in one plate. <laughs> yeah, you know, have you been to the airport or Disney? <laughs> if you've been to Disney in the last ten years, that won't be surprising if you just look around and see what we're working with. But. Yeah, shocking, right? Shocking. I have one more. I have one more. So All right, did you know that Americans consume more than 80 billion, I guess, tons of grand, cranberries during cranberries. Thanksgiving? That's Ugh. enough cranberries to fill eight Olympic sized pools. Like, I like I don't like cranberry. Do you like cranberry? Like the like the like the cranberry I've had is you open the jar and that gelatinous like tube of cranberry right. falls out and you slice it nasty. No, do you like that? No, no, I do not. And that's what I that's why I'm so shocked by this little fun fact. Cause I'm like, what are people doing with these cranberries? <laughs> They're really and what happens after Thanksgiving? Like how many how many cranberries are just left of rot or cans <laughs> that get I mean, I guess the cans will last forever. They go into your uh they go into your prepper cave, you know, for <laughs> for terrible times. I don't know. Are you ready for my dad joke? I am. I could. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> so uh, just had an officer to the door saying he was looking with a man. He was looking for a man with one eye. And I told him he should use both eyes. He'll probably find him a lot quicker. <laughs> so bad. My dad jokes have been awful lately. I've got nothing. I've got to step up my game. I have to. Last week was even all worse. Right. You're, You're like, all right, that's enough what? of that. All right. Well, look, <laughs> let's get down to business. Let's bring the people what they want. They want to hear from the best consultant and the best network in the world. Someone who coaches thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs has placed thousands of people in franchise opportunities. 
has seen then over time the results of what they do and or don't do, what in your mind makes a great franchisee? I think the first quality of a good business owner is financial capability because the number one reason that businesses fail in general, whether it's franchise or non-franchise, is you run out of money. That should never happen in a franchise, but it does. So financial capability, and Rick, it's not just having money, but it's the risk tolerance to invest, to spend money, right? Coming to the idea of starting a business with like any type of scarcity mentality is an absolute no-go. You are done. You have to come from an abundance mentality, from a growth mindset, ready to invest money, understand that you have to fail forward. And sometimes that costs money, right? In order to get to the outcome of success. So I think that's the first characteristic of a successful franchisee. Would you agree? No, of course. Like, I mean, that's why franchising has financial thresholds for that very reason, because there you have to mitigate risk by having enough solvency to be able to last through a downturn or whatever those things are. I mean, look, it's it's entrepreneurship at the end of the day. Um, what would you say to someone, though, if I want to steel man that and say, listen, it's it should be a proven business model. Like, And there's an item seven that has an expense range and and I should be profitable by here based on the performer that I built for myself. Like, obviously, we can't build it for them. But what would you say to someone who's like, well, that's why I'm buying a franchise. Like, it should just work. I shouldn't need additional monies. What would you say to that? If you're watching the video, I'm cringing. <laughs> <laughs> you're making faces as I say that. <laughs> okay. So. Well, you have to have heard sevens. something like that, right? It's like, look. Oh, my what, gosh. What? Are you kidding me? Of course. Item sevens for me are like. They are numbers on a piece of paper. They mean absolutely nothing until you breathe life into them and understand what you're going to bring to your market. So you, as the owner of the business, are the biggest determining factor of your success. We don't know what it's going to cost you to open any more than we know what it's going to cost your neighbor to open. Now, we're going to use the numbers in the item seven as a guideline, right? And you you can, if there are other franchisees in your area who've opened, you can, you know, kind of validate with them average rents and labor costs and things like that. At the end of the day, what if you find the absolute perfect location next to, for your alloy, next to the front door of Whole Foods, right? And let's say you need 2,000 square feet, but this is 2,500 square feet. Well, you just blew the item seven probably if it was built off of 2,000 square feet, Right. So these are adjustments that have to be allotted for and accounted for. And that's why you have to be nimble and open and have a little bit more money than you think it's going to cost and have the ability to invest that money, knowing that the return will come. But even on the earnings claim side of this conversation, I love it. I especially love it, Rick, when people walk away from franchising because the earnings claims are not good. I'm like, are you like you are the biggest determining factor of the financial outcome of your business. So what anybody else has done that created an earnings claim means absolutely nothing for you unless you show up like they showed up and produce on average what they produce. But who's ever doing this to be average? It's right. such a it's such a misunderstanding of what we're doing in franchising. We are still creators of our reality. 
We're just buying down the learning curve because we're partnering ourselves with people who are going to coach and mentor us. So you're not out there like in, in, in like one of the analogies I used recently in an article was, you know, it's like throwing you into the deep end of the pool. Starting a business on your own is jumping into the deep end of the pool with no ability to swim and <laughs> trying to survive versus being a becoming a franchisee is like going to swimming lessons, learning how to swim and then swimming yourself out into the deep end of the ocean with a lifeguard beside you. <laughs> right? right? So you have you have people and support and knowledge and training. But you still have to swim. I was about to say you you still have to do the swimming at the end of the day. We're not going to be a pool noodle for you. You have to swim. You have to paddle. <laughs> We're no pool noodle, I'll say that. Did but you no, know I love that it. I was a swim instructor. I taught more kids how to swim in my life. Probably, I was a swim instructor. Did you know this? For like eight oh. summers. Is yeah. Anything you haven't done, <laughs> let's just eliminate the let's just eliminate the things you haven't done for the short list. <laughs> yeah. of, of course, you were right. The best jobs. And then you oh, by the way, I swam the English Channel for fun like last summer. I'm like, that. oh, that's that, that's good to know. Yeah, that's also amazing. Um, all right, so obviously you know, have your financials in order and have a bigger cushion than you would anticipate. And I will say just having been an entrepreneur my entire life, I've never had a real job, I guess, if you want to say it that way. Um, I think with money, you can fix anything, right? If you've got enough staying power, you know, you may, you may have a couple staff changes. You may have a couple of surprises along the way. If you can weather those and continue to spend on marketing and do all the things right, you're, you'll come out of this just fine. I mean, our, our Charlotte franchisee, is a perfect example of this. You know, they're well-funded and they were like our second franchisee and it was during COVID. So there's a lot of weirdness and things. And, and we've sort of worked all that stuff out together, um, you know, and they've done really well, but they were always, they always had the financial wherewithal to be able to continue to spend on marketing and do all the things. And, and now they're like probably top two performers of the two they have open, you know, in our entire system. But a lot of it has to do with just they just could keep spending, right? While they learned and continue to market until their gyms were slam full and now they're setting records, you know, left and right. So will they get return on investment on that? Of course they will, of course, hundred percent. But to your point, you have to be, again, you have to have enough financial wherewithal to weather that and to be willing to to spend it, right? To grow your business. Anything else you Let can think of? Let me just add one more thing because I yeah, please, love talking please. about energy. So, so right. So the reason they're able to, it's not just the physical money. It's the abundance mindset that comes with that, right? There's no fear and panic in them like we're running out of money that makes them sort of cringe and like hold back. I feel like so many times in business ownership, people have so much intrinsic fear that they're sort of like subtly holding back. And the energy of holding back, you cannot receive abundance when you're holding back. You've got to be all in. And it's all in financially, but more important to that is all in mentally. But you can't be all in mentally if you don't have enough money. So they go together. Yeah, you do. And I've heard the main investor there who's been a client of our corporate gym for 10 plus years. And he's a younger guy in his early 40s. And he'll just say, all gas, no brakes. And he doesn't say that irresponsibly because he's a finance guy. He's got very tight grip on his numbers. But what he means is like he's got that growth mindset. So it's like all gas, no brakes. Like we have to get these gyms full and we've got to do three more. And we're going to accelerate our development schedule because that gets he understands, you know, what that energy does. You can build a team quicker. You get more synergies amongst everyone. You create this sort of wake, if you will, behind you of positivity. You suck in. You attract 
the right team members to you. There's always forward momentum. That's very addictive, right? Or attractive, I should say. So yeah, 100% agree. And I mean, look, at the end of the day, yes, do you have to have the, the dollars? Yes. But maybe more importantly, even if you have the dollars, is do you have the right mindset to continue to grow, right? Correct. What else you got for me, Kim? I think I think this thing to success in a franchise, Rick, is being open and coachable. <laughs> so this sounds easy enough, but let's be real. There's a lot of type A personalities that own franchises or that want to own a franchise, right? That's kind of the personality that we're looking for. But uh, the, 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 the benefit of the type A personality is we're drive. I'm going to put myself in that category. We're drivers, right? We're super conscientious. We're, we're competitive. We're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to do what we need to do to be successful. <laughs> but the negative to our personality is sometimes we feel like we know it all, right? And we're kind of control freaks sometimes about what we know. So success in a franchise is going to be directly correlated with, especially when you're new with being open, you sort of have to sign your franchise agreement and surrender your ego, right? And so get in there and be totally humble. This is actually why it's easier to buy a franchise you know nothing about, because you will come in humble because you don't know what you don't know. If you know something about how it's done because you used to own a gym and now you're doing it the alloy way, there might be a riff, right? You're like, but this is how I do it. And you're like, yeah, but this is how we do it. And we, you know, so if you're paying for a franchise and you're going to be paying royalty, check your ego at the door, stay open and coachable and adaptable. Once you have some forward momentum, you're successful, then you can come to the table with ideas. But the funny thing is, at least in my experience, the more success I've had with the very proven process of franchise, the fewer ideas I bring to the table. Right. Because the formula actually works. Like people, ask, other consultants will ask me like, well, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I do exactly what I was trained to do on February 14th, 2002. Franchise process works. I've just maximized my effort, right? Like I love Alex Hermosi and he always says, people know what to do. They're just not doing enough of it, right? You got to 10x right. your effort. So that's all I did, right? It's not, it's not It's not. shocking when you look at the numbers I was putting up before I was history making and what I'm putting up now. It's a math problem, right? And I flooded the front end of that math problem. So statistically, enough of it falls my way. Well, when you do that, no matter what the business is, you solve all that cure, you know, all that ails your business. Right. So I said a lot there, but no, no, you really didn't. I mean, there was so much gold in there and unfurl that a little bit, but to your point, um, you know, we have, we have seen that obviously we've had franchisees that came to the table and I'll give you just silly examples of, you know, we have a, a pretty solid pre-sale program. I mean, the great thing about fitness is it's a strange business in the sense, and again, a good business in the sense that you can open making money. You can have revenue on day one. And I don't mean like revenue because people are walking through the door buying things. You literally have subscription-based, you know, reoccurring income on a monthly basis the minute you open the doors. And we've had clubs open completely full. So amazing, right? So we have a pretty good pre-sale process, but we brought people in that have either opinions or some knowledge, say, around digital marketing, right? And believe me, we've tried, you know, in, in that vernacular, like we've split tested ads or whatever, so that when you say go in your pre-sale, we just turn your ads on and leads start coming in. We've had people then go and look at the ads and be like, I don't like those ads. I don't think they represent the brand well. While the person that just 
opened the month before you pre-sold completely full with really good qualified clients with the same playbook, right? So they start balking and they slow you down a little bit. Well, I want to change this. I want to tweak this. I want to do that. It's all based on some perceived knowledge. It's like, if you just run the play, you know, the club that's also was here for training when you did, that's also in a pre-sales getting 20 new members a week signed up, right? And they'll be completely full by the time they open. And you're messing with ads and tweaking, you know, one or two little words. Like we're giving you best practices on what works. So we have seen that. And typically when there are a couple of people in the similar process and we can say things like, Hey, the person you met at training, yeah, they're, they're signing up 20 people a week. Meanwhile, you're over here perseverating about, you know, this one word in your ad, in your ad campaign. Um, they use, we can usually get them on board, but it is interesting. You do see that quite a bit. So we've seen that as well, but I think, and you've probably seen this with different franchisors. It's like, it's all about communications. There's an art to getting people to all row in the right direction. There's an art to the franchisee franchisor relationship, but you're 100% right. And we have, because of my history in the fitness business, we have fitness people that are in the franchise. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're exactly what you said. They know better, right? So it's always a, a bit of a re-education. It's super hard. And across the board in franchising, when people I've placed in, you know, whatever franchise come back and we're like, yeah, the first few months were really hard. And then I just sort of had to look in the mirror and say, you know what, I'm not doing what they told me to do. And now I'm doing it. And now I'm getting a great result. I hear that over and over and over. So I think that absolutely, if we're doing my top three, I think it's totally in my top three. I know it's really hard because of our personalities, but we have to do it and you'll be better for it. If you can surrender some control, trust that the franchisor has your back. They're not leading you astray and that's hard. But if you've done your proper due diligence and you validated with other franchisees and they're happy, knowing what they know now, they would do it again. They're reinvesting in multiple units. Then you really, really need to consider checking your ego and be like, all right, right. I can trust and follow their lead. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I love it. All right. I'm, I know you have another, you at least have three. So what else do you have for me? Kim? I have so many. Yeah. So <laughs> I'd say, um, so if I had to pick my top three, the third one is probably like when, when I interview franchisors on my podcast and I'm like, what's the factor? Like, what are you, what's the it factor when you're looking for the perfect franchisee? Across the board, franchisors say grit. You're like, grit? What is that? Right? It's that competitive drive. It's that you're not going to like get in the fetal position at the first thing that goes wrong. You have to have this driving motivation that not only gets you out of bed every day, right? Because nobody's making you do this. You're doing this for your own outcome. But that keeps you in the fight even when it's hard and harder than you thought. Because business ownership is going to be harder than you thought. Like we hope it's not, but the reality is there are going to be moments when it is. And we don't know when it's going to be hard for you. Because every business owner brings different experiences, different uh, business acumen, different risk tolerance to the equation. And that's what makes being a franchisor so hard, right? Because like all of your kids have totally different personalities and you have to know how to treat them, which is different from how you treated this other person. And so as franchisees, we have to understand that, again, we're the biggest determining factor and it's our competitive drive that's going to keep us going when the going gets tough. So I think that's my third one. 
Yeah. I mean, look, our we only have five core values. One's competitive spirit because like you have to be competitive, even even just with yourself. Like you have to we always say entrepreneurship is a self-help journey disguised as a business. So you're gonna have to grow. And I heard a guy, uh, do you ever heard of the, he's a minister, I think on the West coast named Rick Warren. He runs this big super church. And yeah, of course. And Rick, Rick had this great analogy where he's like, you can't have change without loss. You can't have loss without pain and you can't have pain without grief. And it sounds silly that like, Oh, you're moving from say, say you're working this corporate job and you're like, I'm I'm done working for the air quoting work for the man. I've always dreamed of being an entrepreneur. I want to show my teenage kids that I've got what it takes, you know, and I want to show them that there's a better path than college and a nine to five. Right. Um, but he said, you know, you wouldn't think in that scenario that there would be any grieving, but there is because like you have to leave parts and pieces of who you were behind to become that better, different version. Right. And if, if all change features loss and loss is pain and then, you know, pain is grief. Right. Or yeah, the, in that order, then you should expect to feel really uncomfortable and you're going to be grieving some parts of the stability that you left at your job or whatever those things were, right? So it's not going to be an easy transition and some people struggle to weather those changes. And I mean, you're not the same owner with one unit as you're going to be with 10 units. You have to learn how to grow and be a different type of leader, right? You have to lead leaders now, which is a different skill set. But I think the grit is a great word and I think that will get you through those times because you have to recognize that that process that you might be grieving this part of you that you, is the very thing that, that made you great at your corporate job might be the very thing you have to kill to be a good entrepreneur. And the very thing you were good at to be at one unit isn't the thing you want to do to get to 20 units and you have to kill it to create the new thing. And I think that's really difficult for people, but I think grit is a great term for being able to push through those phases of uncomfortability and, you know, imposter syndrome and all the things that come with being an entrepreneur. Um, but the other side of that is not just the business success, I think, and you've been through it personally as well. It's such a gratifying thing to push yourself to that point of discomfort, right? Sit in it, own it, learn, grow. And then, by the way, that's life in general from now until you're in the grave. <laughs> like the goalposts will move, and you can certainly look back and recognize all of the gains that you've made but you're always going to be moving that goalpost and push it for something different. So, and, and grit's a great term for exactly what it's going to take to do that. So thank you. I love it. I love how you started your response because, so as you mentioned, I just did a keynote and the opening to my keynote was, I see, you know, let's start with something funny because I'm talking to um, some franchisees whose business has been really hard hit by high interest rates and just the, the market conditions that we're in this year. So I said, all right, so MBA schools are producing graduates who believe that the key to their happiness in life is business ownership. And that was like a big dramatic pause waiting for the like, like, seriously, this thing we own is our, no, but here's what is the key to happiness? The key to happiness is what you said, Rick, it's personal development and growth. It just so happens that this business provides us with the greatest playground for personal development and growth. And in the end, that's really what we're after. The business is just allowing us to grow because that's what we're here to do. And when I tell my story, I wove my story into my speech, you know. So when I went from eight, you know, from my eighth year to my ninth year, and I made history doing three and a half times more revenue, I was the same me, franchise was the same process. So what changed? And I gave them this equation that said success equals 
20% strategy plus 80% mindset. So, and I was like, look, that's a scary equation for a lot of franchisees because they believed the day they signed their franchise agreement, they had everything they needed to be successful. But this is really why there's so much mediocrity in franchising and so many people who are not living their best life because they're not owning 80% of their success. They're looking to factors outside of themselves, the market, their franchisor, lack of support, what they were owed, what they thought they were going to get instead of looking inward at themselves where the ownership is all along. And it's the journey to pulling that out of you. And so that word grit is the core of that. Because what motivated me after eight years to want to do something different? You know what it was? My dad said to me in a kind of sarcastic tone, and I'm sure he's long forgotten that he said it, right? But it's people that are important to you, you they say things and that's what happens, right? And I, and I, I don't begrudge him. But what he said was, you know, Kimberly, <laughs> When you tell people, yeah, yes, you know where I'm going, right? He's like, you know, Kimberly, when you tell people that you're a consultant, that means you're either unemployed or you're one of the highest paid people in the world. And I had to look myself in the mirror and say, you know what? I'm the unemployed side of that and screw that because I'm just a summa cum laude graduate. I'm a smart girl. I may not have an MBA. I might have been a personal trainer. I grew up in the fitness business, but I can figure this out. And it was grit inside of me, competitive drive inside of me that was like, screw this. I'm made for more. And that first year that I made history, I had no daily plan. I had no navigation to get there. I had nobody to ask. I didn't even tell anybody what I was doing which was magic in and of itself, right? Because when your dreams are fragile, you can't afford to listen to any negative Nellies, right? Keep it to yourself. When you set big audacious goals, which you need to do when you're a business owner, you don't need anybody else's unbelief clouding yours. You have enough of your own. So just set the big goal. And I, it was sheer determination, Rick. The first year, with freaking head down, work my you-know-what off. And I still remember the day. It was December 17th. My year was over. I knew that everybody that was going to sign a franchise agreement was in. And the CFO of Franchise called me because the fourth quarter, I was getting all superstitious with myself because I knew that it might happen. And like this was like crazy to think I was actually going to do this by sheer will and focusing every single day on a goal. That's it. That's all I did. Focus on the goal, not talk myself out of it, talk myself into it, breathe life into it every single day. And I still remember sitting in my chair in my office and the feeling that went through my body when he called to tell me that I had crossed that finish line by $4.28 over. It was a life-changing day. Now, the second life-changing day was the day that the CEO of Franchise put me on stage and goes, hey, boys, look at the little girl just did. <laughs> Climbing to the top anonymously was way better than trying to stay on top with a bullseye on my back, right? <laughs> That's now, right. This is what forced me to grow up because now I really had to look at my numbers and go, what had I actually done? And so it was really now my 10th year in business 
that I created what's now known as the daily plan, which is the navigation system, right? The ship without a port is lost at sea. That's the business owner without a goal. That was me for eight years. Busy, but not productive. Then I decided to get productive, create massive, unsustainable activity, <laughs> right? Created an outcome, but now I wanted to create a way to sustain it. So now that's the ship with a goal, with it, with a port and a navigation system. With a navigation system, the ship can get there every single time. So when people marvel like, oh, Kim, your business is so amazingly consistent in a consulting business where it's feast or famine for most people, I say, it's not magic. It's science. It's a math problem, right? All business is a math problem. And it's really a game that I play with myself that I know how to win because I built this, took my KPIs and reverse engineered. When I looked at my results, I said, okay, what did I actually do? How do I replicate it? How do I control this so I can do it again and again? And so the longs of the story, the end of the story is, I love to just say that I've spent the last 13 years mastering the art of what I did that first year in 2011 and incrementally mastering all parts of my business, never stopping. The growth mindset has never stopped. And people are like, isn't that exhausting? It's no, it's thrilling. Like I am so passionate because I'm always growing. If you had the business I had, that's what I tell people, you'd be passionate too. Because once you figure out how to create the abundance, because I have the growth mindset, I own it. So the abundance is mine because of my mindset. My, my franchise process is still only 20% of what I do. My success is mine because it's 80% how I think, how I talk, and that causes me to act. That's your mindset. And that's how you become successful in a franchise. And again, the reason I speak with such like, you know, uh, be belief is, is, or in, in uh, hopefully it's integrity in my voice, it's because I live it every single day. And there's nothing special about me. Like anybody that's listening who's a business owner can do what I've done and probably better and faster. And that's why I share it. <laughs> First eight years, go right to, all right, this is the key, right? So I love it. I'm so fired up right now. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with my energy when I, when we get off this podcast, but I'm probably going to go work out because I'm very fired up. Look, that was, uh, I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't have said it at all, much less said it any better. So I love it, Kim. It really is. And it's so true. And I mean, obviously, like I've been an entrepreneur, I've never had a, again, a real job. I've only been an entrepreneur and I'm just nodding the entire time because it's, it's exactly what you said. And it takes a minute to figure it out. Sometimes I didn't certainly figure it out right away either, especially since I was really young when I started. But boy, once it clicks, it, you just learn which levers to pull and you understand like what it's going to take for each level above where you are, right? From a mindset and skill standpoint. And then you stack your skills and you earn yourself a better opportunity vehicle and such is life over and over and over again. Absolutely love it. So Here, no, really. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you leave us with five, something? Wrap right, us up. Give us the, something. You know, this is yep. what I said at the end. And I really believe this is true after 21 years of helping thousands of people and, and even just examining myself. What I really think is most people are not afraid of failure. What they're really afraid of is their own true power. Because when you stand smack dab in the middle of your dream, not just dreaming your greatest dream, 
but living that dream like I did for the first time on December 17th, 2011. It is so life-changing. And that's when you absolutely realize that you really can be, do, and have anything you want in your life. And the reason I'm so passionate about franchising is because franchising gave me a vehicle to figure all of this out for myself. That I really can be, do, and have anything. That was always true. But I lived that truth through my franchise over the last 13 years, and it continued to make it true. And the reason the tagline to the daily coaches, the best dreams are those we live, is because I literally have been waking up, living my dream, my very greatest dream, every single day for 13 years. And that's what I want for every single candidate. That's what I want for every single franchisee, which is why I want more audiences and more stations because there's so many people to help, Rick. <laughs> yeah, there is. Ladies and gentlemen, Kim Daly. Kim, thank you so much. I'll post all of your info of where people can get in touch with you. But just in case people aren't looking at the notes, where can people hear and see more of Kim Daly? The best place is my YouTube channel. Over 600 pieces of content there on all things franchising, business ownership, mindset. That's Kim Daly, D-A-L-Y dot TV. You guys heard it. Go check out Kim's content. You won't be sorry. Thanks, Kim. You're the best. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, check us out at AlloyFranchise.com for more information on the Alloy systems. Also, leave us a five-star review so we can spread the good word and help more people.